Two balls, two strikes. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise. The wait is over. And the celebration has begun. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard was one of the most iconic calls of all time. Welcome into the 143, where we are living large here in College Station, Texas. It has been a very, very good last week, let me tell you. I mean, there's really nothing that could knock us off what we're feeling nope. right now. We've nope. been high for the last week, and I mean... There's really nothing that's bringing us down. You've probably been wondering why we haven't mentioned anything um, about this. And you know what? It worked. Whatever we were doing worked. And um, ladies and gentlemen, the Texas Rangers won their first ever World Series 2023 World Champions. And we are here to talk about it. Yeah, we're better than everyone. Um, You know, we kind of had to stop talking about the Rangers for a little bit because, you know. There was a correlation. Um, The two... So we talked about them two or three times during the season, yeah. and co- coincidentally, right after we would release that episode, they would go literally the day of. into a losing streak. Pretty long. And the th- I remember the last time it happened was the really bad losing streak whenever we lost eight in a row. Yeah. And so that's yep. when we were like, all right, we're just gonna have to hold off until the season's over. And it's been tough, you know, recording these episodes. Um, just thinking about postseason baseball. Obviously, we've been locked into the NFL, but. Um, we, we've been, uh, watching postseason baseball. Um, but I mean, we're, we're more pumped than anyone. We feel like, um, we feel great that I don't know. There's not, I'm, I'm sure all these Rangers fans listening to us right now feel the same way. Um, I don't know if it gets any better than this. So it really doesn't. Yeah. This is, um, historic and Nick and I got to go to the parade in Arlington on Friday and uh, hear everyone talk. Hear Corey Seager just flame the Astros while he yeah, was up there. Yeah, we got to hear everybody speak, and you know they all had some some good words. And you know, always bringing it back to the team. Since we haven't talked about it in a while, we are going to say everything that we want to say in this episode. Absolutely. This is our Texas Rangers World Champions episode, and uh, welcome in to the one four three episode. 95, the Texas Rangers won. Uh, let's just start with the stats of the week. Yeah, okay? there's about 13,000. There's, we there's actually from. three stats I want to point out, Nick. And they're actually all very similar. The Texas Rangers in the postseason broke the single postseason road win record and streak record. They won 11 of the 11 postseason road games they played. So they were 11-0. On, on the, the road. road, they were 11 and 0 when they scored first in the postseason. And Nick and I were 11 and 0 when watching the games together, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Which, and I were undefeated. To put that into perspective, I believe we only won two home games mm-hmm. and we watched both of those. But it was weird because we saw nine 
road nine of the 11 road wins and then it just so happened that we were together for the two home wins that we had but we were apart for all of the losses but when me and joseph were together we were undefeated nick and i did not see a single postseason loss together, together. so um we feel like the rangers should ship us our rings at some point i soon. mean when we went to the parade i was just waiting for them to you know let me hold the trophy yeah i just feel like we needed we we deserve that picture but hey it's fine i'm sure it's coming Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's coming. Anyways, um, that's your stats, stats of the week. And um, obviously the biggest one is the one about me and Nick. But um, we'll roll into player of the week. All right. So I guess um, you kind of got to go two players of the week here. Mm. We're doing three stats. So we're just going to do two players. We can do whatever we want. This is our show. All right. You got your World Series MVP, Corey Drew Seager. Corey. The best hitter in baseball. I don't Amen. really think there's a question about about that i mean it's I wasn't it's Corey, that. and then there's no one else he won his second world series mvp and Dog. he has won one world series mvp in each league so he won one in the national league in 2020 with the dodgers and now he won his second in the american league with us the texas rangers and he was an absolute monster in the world series i mean let's just throw out his stats in the world series he batted 286, walked three times, drove in six, had three, three round trippers, three bombs, absolutely incredible. Then he had a double. And that all adds up to six hits. So he was absolutely impeccable from the plate. I mean, he was dangerous. Coming up in one huge spot after the other. And now let's get into El Bombi. All right. The big thing for him was that he broke the sink. The postseason RBI record with 22, right? And the person. He didn't even play the whole postseason. The person that held it before him was David Freeze, unfortunately. So there's a lot of bad blood there. But it was nice to see Adolis Garcia. David Freeze is the guy that walked it off on the, the Texas Rangers in 2011. Yes. That game World six thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that was nice to see him surpass that, holding 22 RBIs. He batted 323 in the entirety of the postseason, posting 20 hits and eight home runs. And I appreciated all eight of them. We're going to get into it now. I mean, this is, um, there's, there were four series that we played um, Tampa, Baltimore, Houston, and Arizona um, in that order. And we're just going to briefly say that. Tampa and Baltimore had the two best records in the AL, and we swept them. We took care of them pretty quickly. There's not much to say about those two series other than we dominated. So we're going to jump in with the postseason coverage in Houston. So, Nick, why don't you talk about the Houston ALCS, the Lone Star Series, the Houston Astros. I mean, you absolutely have to mention those first two series. Obviously, not going to talk about it, but just because – you know, you can't really say that we had an easy road to get no. there because we faced the three best teams to get to the World Series. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have to play we didn't get to play the Blue Jays or the Twins or whatever to get to nope. where we were. No, we had to fight for every Nick, single. Who, who are you talking? Who played the Twins? Who are you? Oh, I don't. Oh, uh, the Astros. I believe, oh, it was Houston. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. That's right. They got an easy round one by and then got to play. Minnesota and the ALDS, who everyone knew didn't deserve to be there. They won the the trashy AL Central division. Okay. No good. one cares. 
Um, but anyways, it was an absolute just street fight in the ALCS, and everything that had happened during the regular season was just leading up to Obviously, whenever the Texas Rangers would face off against the Houston Astros in the playoffs. Bad blood between both teams. This has become very uh, much so. now. It's it's a it's a real rivalry. One, I'd it say it's been, a big rivalry now. It wasn't really much of a rivalry before the season because when the Rangers were good, the Astros weren't very good. And then when the Astros were good, Vice the Rangers sure. weren't very good. And so now both teams are decent. We finished with the exact same record, although the Astros took the division in the last day because we lost to the Seattle, and they beat the Arizona JV squad mm-hmm. that they played. So they won the division in the head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, but same record, so they got home field um, in the ALCS. And, yeah, so everything that had kind of been boiling up, Players did not like each other very much, which is exactly Rightly what you want to so. see. Rightly exactly so. Rightly so. I mean, see. there are a bunch of chumps down there in Houston. And also, the other thing is we've been hearing some... Prior to that series, we had heard some some fans, some Astros fans, obviously. We hear you know, a lot of them. They're petty, right? They're going to complain, right? When they lose, it's never their fault. Um, it's not all Astros fans, but a lot of the ones we know. I would say 90%. A solid 90-90%. But they were complaining all of a sudden about how the ALCS format is saying that it's not fair that it's you get two games at home, three straight road games, and then two games back home. Which, by the way, baseball has been around for over a hundred years, I think, over a hundred years, something like that, and uh, it's been like that forever since the dawn of time. Yeah. Um. Can't really complain about the format. Obviously, the reason we were getting complaints was we won the first two games in Houston. But it gives you the ideal scenario if you're the higher seed, right? Mm -hmm. The Phillies had the same thing that the Astros did. They did. Right? You get to go home ahead in the series, up 3-2. You get two chances to clinch the series at your place, and that is... That's why the format is set the, up that way. The reason the format is 2-3-2 two, and, two, and not 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, and one, like it is in the NBA, uh, baseball is an everyday sport. They try to get the yeah. games played in back-to-back days. So you can play back-to-back days. But you get 6-7 and seven at home. That's the home field advantage. Yeah. And um, so that's what Houston got. And those are like the two games that you want at home because those are some crucial games, right? Right. So basically, um, we're, we're going to just a brief synopsis of the first four games. We took the first two in houston um they were great pitching uh series sorry great pitching games jordan montgomery pitched a shutout nathan avaldi came in um absolutely shoved he was just disgusting he's better he's better with runners in scoring position or yeah runners in scoring position i mean obviously you don't want to get into that game but i mean you just have to mention it was we were ahead in that game by a couple runs Bottom of the fifth rolls around. He loads up the bases, no outs. And so, obviously, when you're watching the game, you're like, okay, mm. maybe we can get out with just one run. Houston's going crazy. I mean, and the stadium's loving it. He just absolutely deals and goes strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Clinic. Gets out of the fifth. Clinic. No runs scored in a bases loaded, no out situation. And that's when, I mean, that lit a fire under yeah. the boys for the rest of the season or the series um you would think and then they went to uh they came to arlington where um they won games three and four pretty convincingly um they were not yeah. close 
and they kind of shut us out. Um, game four, Josh Jung had two two-run home runs, but we were down by so much that it didn't matter. It was unfortunate because that's that's one of those games that, or that's a performance that will get forgotten just because. Um, Not by us. Just because, you us. know, we didn't end up winning that game. But obviously game five was where. Game five is where it started <clears throat> to get intense. It really started getting chippy. All right. Um, the it was a tough game Astros struck first, right? Well, the other thing, too, was it was another pitcher's duel. You're back right? to the aces. You're back to it was Verlander versus Montgomery. The game one rematch. And so up to that point, the narrative for the Rangers was when Evaldi and Montgomery are pitching, you have to take advantage of those games because and we did not come have out any with other wins. Because pitchers. after those two, you don't know what kind of pitching performance you're going to get. Which is what happened in three and four. That's why we yeah. knew we needed to win games five and six. But the Astros struck first in that one, and then we Alex Bregman hits a bomb, but then we rally back. Nathaniel Lowe gets himself going, and he solos in that game. It goes back to 1-1, but eventually the Rangers would find themselves ahead in that game due to an Adolis Garcia bomb, and then later in that game... Well, well, Adolis hit the bomb. Made it four to two. He yeah, three run bomb, and he kind of did what he does, where he stares at the home run, throws the bat. I mean, it was electric. It was in Arlington. Comes in, you know, stomps po- on the plate a it's little bit. It's postseason baseball. It's his plate. He can stomp on it. I mean, it's not like he stomped on Houston's plate. It's our plate. He stomped on the plate. He let it be known that he absolutely smashed the ball, which he did. And um, Houston didn't like that very much. Now Verlander didn't have a problem with it, but the rest of the team did not like. Well, see, it. Martin Maldonado didn't the catcher. like it. But it's actually understandable because he hit a buck sixty-five during the season, so he's he's not used to seeing home runs. Yeah. So when he saw Adolis react like that, that was a whole new experience for him because, I mean, he batted a buck sixty-five, so, so he didn't hit very many it's, balls. It's so four-two in the eighth inning. Adolis gets back up, and Brian Abreu, the pitcher, throws the ball square at his back first pitch. He get, so Adolis Garcia gets hit with 98 in the middle of the spine. and Which, for those of you that don't know baseball, if you're going to peg somebody, you throw it at the middle of their back. So On purpose. Obviously, 98, that hurts a lot. Yep. And so um, Adolis took offense to that, rightly so. Most players would. It's not like he went up and in on it's him. Also, he hit him square in the back. It's a rivalry. Players don't like each other. It's an intense game. It's postseason baseball. So obviously, I mean... All, all signs point to um, that being intentional. Now, a lot of Astros fans have been saying that that was not intentional. Um, but Saying, why would you put a runner on when you're down to? Well, why run. would you? We don't know. Why would you? We, see, we're not the coaches of the Astros, but we just know that um, when you throw at somebody's back in the middle, in the first pitch. And also, pitch, yes, it's absolutely. Intentional. First pitch, and it's conveniently the guy that two innings before pimped one off of your ace it's not an accident it's okay. not a coincidence. it's not an accident when it happens the first pitch also there's two things to consider one are we actually going to trust the moral integrity of a team that cheated no even though they do get hurt when you bring that up capital n capital o no um, second thing to consider is brian abreu who is the pitcher right yep he threw his four-seam fastball. I believe it was about 230 times in the regular season. Okay. And do you know how many batters he hit? 
How many? Zero. Not oh, a single so one. He has control over his fastball. He threw it less than forty times in the postseason and hit two batters. Two. Dose. Okay. Dose he would us. hit Mitch Garver later, later in the series. Okay. That's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. It happened. Garcia didn't like it. Okay. So bench clearing uh brawl, which happens. And long story short. Top of the ninth inning, they get two guys on. Leclerc gives up a three-run home run to their face of their franchise, Jose Altuve, mm -hmm. who hits a three-run bomb, 5-4. We couldn't end up scoring any more runs in the bottom of the ninth. They win that game. So that is an absolutely deflating game. Also, that, this was the point in the postseason when Marcus Simeon was absolutely ice cold. You Could know, not He hit. was not worth anything. Corey Seager was not... He was not doing great. Much. He was good for a hit every now and then, but he was not to his clutch Adolis self hadn't that really you would see later. Caught fire yet either. He had hit that home run, and but he he wasn't really like someone they were but scared safe of. Safe to say, even though we lost this game, that got everyone amped up on. But our as side. the fans, you had another day before Game Six, and uh, me and Nick. I mean, we can tell you, Rangers fans were down in the dumps. Absolutely. I mean, that was a game we needed to win because Montgomery was pitching. And you had Nathan Evaldi, but you don't know because now you got to take it to Game Seven. But Max Scherzer's been hurt; he hasn't been very good, so you don't know what's going to happen in Game Seven. So Game Six comes around, and we're going back to Houston, which is also another reason why it was kind of sad that we uh, we couldn't win. You would think all these Astros fans complaining about the way the format is, but it's like I mean, you're getting the we, ideal so scenario. The away team has won every game for five games mm -hmm. and so now we're hoping we can keep that up that away team thing going and um game six rolls around and obviously the crowd in houston does not like adolis garcia no they don't they boo him every time he gets up he goes four strikeouts and um that, it was a close-ish game i mean i think it what was it five to two yeah, and he came up in the ninth. in the in the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. So they still have a fighting chance. And it obviously, was a it was a catcher's day for sure for us. Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim came in huge with some clutch yep, swings. Yep. Both guys had a home run, and then Mitch Garver has an RBI in the top of the eighth, and that makes it ultimately five to two. And then, um, so it's five to two, three run deficit in Houston. The fans know that Jose Altuve. Close that deficit or two run deficit the other night with three run home run. You still have life with a three run deficit in the ninth. So Adolis Garcia gets up, bases loaded, four strikeouts in a row. Crowd's booing him. They need an out. Yep, absolutely. And he absolutely smacks one into the left field stands. It was beautiful. I mean, he, I mean, it was a no doubter. He knew it was over. Everyone knew it was over. Here's the other thing. When it's 315 to left field, it's pretty pretty easy to poke one out over there, especially when you got a guy as strong as Adolis. You know, he, he absolutely takes I, advantage of that. I would say that's, when, it, that's it. when Adolis really uh, caught caught real fire. He caught fire, so absolutely. So we won that game, obviously, with that grand slam, which was electric. Sent it into seven. So, Nick, why don't you take us through game seven? All right, so we would ultimately win that game nine to two. And so game seven would roll around and... Other than Nathan Avaldi, regarding pitching, it was an all-hands-on-deck. You know, Jordan Montgomery had pitched a few days before that. Obviously, he was not going to start, but it's like, hey, if we need one, two innings, um, you know, we'll, 
be prepared to you know get up there and throw some. And so this was Max Scherzer's second start of the postseason. Yeah, since being injured. Obviously, you're pretty worried because he was absolutely horrendous. Game three, I mean, we really needed him, and he was not there. But in spite of that, he did a great job at um, containing the Houston offense. It's unrealistic to expect to go shut out every time. They're good offense. But he held them to a minimum runs-wise, and then our offense just... Yeah. Clicked on every single aspect. Something we hadn't seen in a every while. Every single, every single person on that team was hitting, and it started with our shortstop, El Capitan, Corey Seager. Corey Seager. I mean, I don't understand why pitchers continue to make the mistake on pitching inner third of the plate to this guy, but they continued to do it. He gets a pitch up and in. That's right in his wheelhouse, and on contact, you know. That ball is in the seats. Merry Christmas to whatever kid or whoever caught that baseball. He's oh, yeah. taking home a souvenir. And the Houston the Houston Astros pitching just absolutely unraveled. And the thing was is they were throwing their guy, Christian Javier. He'd been doing really good in the postseason. I'm he had given up two, two runs, runs. Yep. up to this point in the postseason. He gives up four in not even the entire first. He pitches a third. Gives up four runs, and then they yank him, and he was done for the day. Yep, and it was 4-2, and after the first inning, it was 4-1. to one. Um, Game 7 was never close. and uh, I mean, right out of the gate with how hot our offense yeah. was, you knew we they had They played it. with a vengeance. It was just a matter of what the final score was. You could be. tell which team really came to play that game, and it was the Texas Rangers, and um, Adolis Garcia ended up hitting... Two. Two home runs that game. Mm-hmm. And also his first at bat drove in a run. And um, so basically, uh, to make a long story short, the Rangers won 11-4. The Houston fans were leaving in the sixth inning after Nathaniel Lowe's two-run home run. And uh, we took the ALCS in seven. We won the Lone Star Series. And um, became Adolis Garcia became the owner of the Houston Astros. I mean, absolutely. So they hate him now down there in Houston, and obviously their fans are. Um, uh, actually, when we won the World Series, I've still been hearing from Houston fans. I don't understand. I don't think they understand how that works. But we can talk about that here in a sec. But we won the Lone Star Series, hard fought series, um, long series, ups and downs. The away team won every game, and um, but the Rangers ended up coming yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it was and it was pretty convincing, six and seven. Absolutely, because they had no chance those last two games. But hey. Both teams punched a ticket. We punched our ticket to the World Series. The Astros got to punch their ticket to Cancun a couple weeks early. So good for them. And Martin Maldonado after Game 5, you know, they're interviewing him like he did anything in his life. Exactly. Um, And he says that the worst thing Adolis did was wake up the Houston Astros. Well, I believe right about now we put him to bed. I would say the worst thing they did was wake up Adolis Garcia. I mean, they deeply regretted that. But um, Diamondbacks, Arizona Diamondbacks end up winning against Philadelphia. We're not here to talk about them, but their series win was pretty pretty good as well in the NLCS. But no idea how they managed to get out of the NL. I you mean, got Arizona versus Texas in the World Series. Game no one, one was really expecting Arizona to have a chance 
at beating us. With how hot our offense was, you know, we we rely so deeply on the long ball, and the Arizona Diamondbacks just do not. They're a small ball team, and that's not going to win you a championship. But um, game one, it was looking like they knew what they were doing because we had our guy, Nathan Evaldi, up there on the mound, and they put five runs on him. Mm. And um, that's just deflating to see because he had been so they've been efficient. Their game was different than Houston. We weren't used to it. They like to do infield singles, bunt them, bunt them around, uh, steal bases. They're more of a very keep it in the infield kind of team. Where Houston's more of like everybody needs to hit it out, kind of like we are. Yeah. And um, they put up five runs on him, and we only could answer with three. We answered with three against Zach Allen. We struck first. Um, we did early in the, in the game, game, two runs in the first, and then we got a run in the second. But um, our bullpen came in and, and dealt yes, very well. Absolutely, Nathan Evaldi got himself into some trouble. John Gray, but John Gray, unsung hero, came mm-hmm. in, pitched three shutout innings, and then he would later in the series pitch three more shutout innings, which were crucial. But um, you know, it was looking all odds were looking like. The Diamondbacks were going to take game one in Texas. But now, the bottom of the ninth rolls around. The bottom of the ninth rolls around. And in an ideal scenario, we would get Corey Seager up to the plate with a chance to do exactly. We had exactly nine, one, and two up. So we had Laoti Tavares, Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager as the three guys that were guaranteed to get in that bat. Mm-hmm. Laoti um, milks a huge huge walk in spite of them trying to you know call pitches off the plate the world series umping was some of the worst umping i have ever seen in baseball and most it calls went against pathetic. us it was i'm not pretty pathetic we're not going to go off on a rant there but there was like if yeah. you look at the stats and the numbers most calls went against us and it was like umps that were pretty good in the season who were terrible in the world series but laody gets on base marcus simeon did what he had been doing for a little Thus bit. far. And, up to um, that point, at least. He got out. And then Corey gets up. Corey Seager. The guy you want to have up in that situation. This is what we paid for him to be, is in these moments, this is the guy that you want up, the best hitter in baseball. And first pitch he sees, parks it. Parks it in the seats. 441. Absolutely no doubt about it. I any, mean, any Rangers fan will remember that hit Till the day they die. The pitcher doesn't. Seawald did not even bother to turn around. Which, by the way, he had been eight for eight on saves. He mm. had been absolutely perfect. Not only eight Welcome for eight, Texas. but he had not given up a single run through the entire postseason. And then his first game against us, we take him yard, and Corey Seager ties the game five five in the bottom of the ninth. And then um, we get to the eleventh and. The guy, Adolis Garcia, he hits a, a walk-off been home run. the man of the hour. And honestly, it was probably one of the most storybook games ever in the World Series. Definitely one of the most historic game ones ever um, in World Series history. For the Rangers to come back like that when it looked like all hope was lost, when it looked like the Diamondbacks knew what they were doing. And it was just an absolutely crazy win to have at home. Um, but that game was the most memorable of the World Series, I think, for all Rangers fans. Um, yes. Just because of how how we came back in the ninth with Corey Seager's home run, and then Adolis Garcia walking it off in the eleventh. Um, we don't have time to go through the rest of the games. 
Jose Leclerc, but that that was the one. Came up huge as well. There at the end, he had two scoreless innings, which were absolutely crucial for keeping the Rangers in the game and keeping the game tied there at the end. Game two rolls around. There's not much to say there. We just we were absolutely horrible. We were ice cold on offense. Lost nine to one. Nick and I did not watch that game together. Uh, Pitching like was not said. there. Um, Pitching wasn't there. I believe they got nine runs off of us. But we go to Arizona. We're way better on whatever. the road, and um, we won. We won all three games there. There's not much to say about the games in Arizona other than like game five. We were getting no hit through six. I mean, games one and two, we just we won pretty. Yeah, it, it the was, first two games in Houston, or I mean, sorry, Arizona. But game five rolled around. We were getting no hit, no hit through six innings, but they also hadn't scored a run through six innings. Um, and then seventh inning rolls around. Corey gets a little dink single, and everybody just decides they're going to hit. And then all everything shatters for the Diamondbacks. We just start piling start it on. But a big thing that we're failing to mention is game three. Adolis Garcia would go down oh, yes. with an oblique strain. That was that was horrifying to Rangers fans. I mean, it was very, very depressing just because he had been so huge up to that point in the World Series. ALCS MVP. And he was just getting hotter and hotter as the games went on. And then shout out Travis Jankowski. Coming up huge, he would get the nod. El Blondie, as we like El to call him. Blondie, Steve the Pirate, Janko. He goes by many names, but he was absolutely perfect. Just about as perfect as you can ask. In four for. and five, he had a couple of hits. In four, he had a couple of hits for a couple of RBIs. I mean, yeah, game four, he has two RBIs, two hits, um, and he was batting in the nine hole. And he's an unsung hero that yes. he's going to get. I man, forgotten about, but it just stinks because he batted a little over 300 the first couple months of the season. He was in the starting lineup and then didn't see really any playing time for the last couple months of the season. And then he finally gets the nod to come back in the lineup and he just picks up right where he left off. Obviously, no one can replace Adolis Garcia, but he did his job. He did his job and he got the job done for us. Um Top of the ninth inning, we scored um, a couple runs on a Jonah Heim triple and made it four to nothing in game five. And then, or I'm sorry, three to nothing in game five. And then Marcus Simeon gets up. He's been cold most of the series. He did have a bomb in game four and a triple. And a triple. And he gets up and just ends it with an absolute bomb. A two-run shot to make it five to nothing. We go into the bottom of the line. Oh, you know who that was off of? That was off of Seawald. <laughs> Seawald Side loves note. giving up two-run home runs. Yeah. But um, to us. Anyway, so um, ninth inning rolls around. Josh Spores gets the call. Three outs. The last one, a strikeout of Cartel, or, sorry, Cartel Marte. And um, that's it. Season in the books. I mean, Rangers world champions. Josh Spores... He's another guy. He was absolutely lights out yep. in the postseason. Um, it was interesting to see him get to pitch the ninth in Game 5 just because up to that point, um, he he had been primarily what we had been doing when we had all three arms available is we would go Spores in the 7th, Chapman in the eighth, and then LeClerc in the ninth. But on that game, game five, 
kind of switched it around a little bit. Yep. We go Chapman in the seventh, and then Spores pitches the eighth and the ninth. I um, So the Rangers winning the World Series was definitely up there with one of the greatest moments of our lives for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just to – you know what? Let me just give yeah, you some Josh Spores stats. Just because I mean, he was too great to not – um, he was another unsung hero out. that probably will not be mentioned as much. But Yeah, absolutely. Posted a .75 ERA across 10 games pitched, which totals to 12 innings, 13 strikeouts in, .67 walks and hits over innings pitched. So he was lights out as a closer uh, or as a relief pitcher. Him and LeClerc came up huge for us in some spots, and um, I'm just excited. We... We need to keep we need to keep this guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. keep him around. Our biggest issue has been pitching. More importantly, relief pitching. But he is a guy that you can continue to ride for this next season. Our entire team came together. They all, they never took credit for themselves. They always gave the team credit. And um, obviously, the biggest man who gets all the credit. Two guys actually, who yep. kind of put this together. Chris Young, the GM. Bruce Bochy, the manager. Bruce comes in first year, gets a World Series win. Um, all the guys talk about his calm demeanor, how he got them through, all the tough times, the ups and the downs of the season. Chris Young, the guy who put this entire team together and got Bochy for us, the artist behind the brush. I mean, they are truly the two two of the greatest individuals that <clears throat> you will ever see slash meet in your life. Um, Bruce Bochy, obviously... We were super excited at the beginning of the season when we got this guy. He had yep. won, he had he had won some uh, some rings before. He was not new to postseason baseball. He had helped the Giants win their first ring um, after having like a fifty or something like that year drought. Right, and then he helped us win our first ring ever in. What was it? Over fifty years of being a team. Fifty-two years of being in Texas, and so. You know, super excited for Bruce. Hope he stays around forever. And then, yeah, like just like Joseph said, Chris Young. I mean, he truly put together an all-star squad, and he kind of took some guys that you know weren't worth a whole lot when they got traded to the Rangers and turned them into some beasts. Yeah, I think um, the thing is, this was our first year with this team, first year with Bruce. So yeah. You know, Rangers aren't going anywhere, anywhere anytime soon. Um, and, you know, I think that they'll be, I mean, they'll be contending again next year and hopefully for a few more years to come after that. And so this is awesome as Rangers fans to finally see our team being dominant again and finally getting that World Series win. Uh, truly one of the most incredible things ever, most Absolutely. memorable things that we'll ever watch. And um, so now it's time to address... Let's just the, get into the uh, um, the after season off off season. Sorry, um, I think there's one more man that you have to mention, just because we had, we kind of forgot about him. Okay, or we didn't forget about him, but okay, his performance was absolutely electric. It was Evan Carter? Evan Carter, the so, rook. He gets called up. True rookie. So Adolis Garcia would go down with an injury. Um, Towards the end of the season, a couple weeks left of the regular season. And so, uh, Evan Carter, who was the number eight prospect at the time, 
Drafted him at 19, right out of high school. He had been raking in the minors. We say, hey, we'll give this kid a chance. You know, he'll give us a couple good weeks of baseball, and then it's back to business. Well, he wows everybody in our organization and on the team. And so when Adolis comes back, he earns a permanent spot on the roster in left field. He did great. And he was electric in every single game that he played great in. with the bat great on great in the field i mean something else that's interesting is he actually reached base safely in all 17 playoff games wow whether that was via hit via walk whatever the case may be but he got on base safely in all 17 games and he set an mlb record with nine doubles in a single postseason he's the same age as us he's, he's actually, 21 years he's old actually a little younger he's a little younger us. i was born in april 2002 he was born in august that just made us feel like we really should have gotten on top of this whole baseball thing sooner it's and, just um, it's so weird watching him it's crazy play in the world series i'm like this dude is the exact same age. i mean the, the pressure that you face going into houston a hostile environment to take it bats in that batter's box to you know full count knowing which pitch to swing on which pitch to not swing on he handled he it held like a own. champ. Yeah. He um he played like he was a lot older than he actually was and can't say enough good things about him. Um or the rest of this team, every guy on this team. And the cool thing is most of this team, if not all of them, will be back oh, uh, they next all season. Better be back. And um I just think, Nick, I just think it's time for a few minutes, not very long, to address some of the Astros fans that don't seem to realize okay. that we did win the World Series. Absolutely. Um, so First off... This is not a every Astros fan. I just want to say that, okay? But there are some people who have been talking a lot about like they still have um, something over us right now. Let's just address this first because there has been a phrase that has been thrown around social media and just yeah. in general. Yep. And it is this phrase called bot not built yep and so right after we won the alcs a lot of astros fans threw at us bought not built saying so, our team was not raised in-house that allow we paid players me to come to so right here i've got pulled up the top 16 mlb payrolls i'm not going to get into every single one but the two that you need to hear about are the rangers and the astros the rangers have the ninth highest payroll in 2023 Right? So right. we're in the top 10. Yep. But guess who's right beneath us at number 10? The Houston Astros. And do you know what separates the two? About $3 million. A little less than $3 million, actually. So we basically pay the um, same amount of money for our players. Also, okay, I, I've never heard it be said that you're not allowed to um, to pay your like pay your players to come play for you. That's how professional sports works. That's how every. And also, the two main guys works. that we play or play that we paid for were um, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but also they were free agents at the time. Look, I'm just going to say this: everything we paid for paid off. And also, my biggest thing is um, you can hold division records, you can hold uh, total World Series wins, you can hold total ALCS wins, World Series visits obviously they have more of all those than us but they've never faced us in the postseason before and the first time and the they first did time it, they did they lost we are one and oh against the astros in the postseason and that means that we are in fact better than them head to head in the in the postseason so also let me say this all right 
Nobody counts, other than Houston, nobody counts your first World Series win as a true World Series win. Because when anyone talks about it, if you're not a Houston Astros fan, it was because they cheated. So, Absolutely. That does not count. Y'all y'all want to deny it all you can. In the little community of Houston Astros fans, it is a World Series win. To the rest of the baseball world, it doesn't count. So have fun with your one and a half World Series wins. But I will say this. We're on the rise, okay? So I think it's Watch time. Out. They don't want to respect us right now, which I feel like after we beat them in the postseason, you kind of have to give us... And went on to win the World Series. Yeah, you kind of have to give us a little respect. That's fine. You, you're not going to. That's all right. I'm but, glad y'all destroyed us in the regular season. But at the end of the day, in prime time under the lights, when it mattered the most, who came out on top? We did. That would be your Texas And also, Rangers. I don't want to hear any of this, you know, Rangers win the World Series and the first thing they think about is the Astros. It's because we've been hearing about y'all every time y'all win the World Series... For every time y'all made it to the World Series, I get texts from Astros fans, like they beat us or something. The Rangers have not been good until now. So now that we're good, you're actually going to have to contend against us and actually beat us as a good team. I'm sorry so, that it's not a walk in the park for the AL West anymore. I hate it's to easy to it talk to trash when you're 100 games better than the other but team. But we're good, and we're going to be good for a while, and the Mariners also have been on the rise they have gotten better and better every year i anticipate some huge offseason moves for the mariners yep so the division is a lot better now um houston's gonna have to be ready and i don't think that they will but as rangers fans um this season was fantastic and just amazing and honestly losing the division in the very last day of the regular season rangers fans did not feel very hopeful for the postseason and our team just turned it on turned it around everybody started playing lights out uh, Lit a fire under the boys of the Rangers cap to all of our players, staff. I mean, management had to everything. run through the gauntlet in the postseason to get to the World Series. Nothing we got was easy. Got we went through the two best teams record wise in the AL, went on to beat the uh, World Series, the defending World Series champs in the American League Championship Series, and then we went on to obviously win it all. This was a storybook season. Hopefully, not the last one hopefully the first of many but um most everyone is coming back so that's good yep there are a couple guys that are going to be free agents but hopefully I, we'll resign i anticipate we'll resign the right ones obviously whatever chris young does is right with me he fully, definitely knows fully trust in chris he's the one who got us here and um yeah, so I, I hope we'll be around for a while and uh yeah houston be on the lookout and got somebody to actually play against now it's a little bit different when you're playing somebody who's good. Yeah, how about that? How about that? But all in all, just a amazing storybook year. And uh, we can't wait to enjoy this offseason. ups and downs, but in the end, who came out on top? The Rangers. Absolutely. And we, we will return. Absolutely. This um, is the first of many. Nick and I are here for it all. We will keep bringing you Rangers news as it, as it shows up. But right now, our guys are taking some much-needed, much-deserved time off as they enjoy their off seasons so here's like in their shows and interview i brought you a quote from the man who started off this show Corey seager okay everyone wondered what would happen if the rangers didn't win the world series i guess we'll never know i guess we never will thanks for listening to our rangers episode yep and it's um, been fun it's been a lot of fun we've been holding this stuff in for a long time and Hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week with another episode of Under Review.